Welcome to the Akashic Musings Podcast. My name is Laura Mazzotta, and I will be your guide during this sacred experience. I'm an Akashic healer and teacher, and I've also been a therapist for almost 20 years. This podcast is your go-to opportunity for all things healing, inspiration, and empowerment. I will be sharing potent wisdom from divine intelligence in the space of the Akashic Records. For more understanding of what the Akashic Records are, I encourage you to listen to episode one or head over to my website at www.theakashictherapist.com. I'm so grateful to have you here, receiving the powerful energetic shifts that radiate through these messages. Just by listening in, you're doing your part to raise the vibration of the planet and fully realize our natural state of wellness and vitality. Without further ado, here's today's episode. trauma and the insidious ways that it shows up, so many of us are not even aware that trauma has been impacting our day-to-day lives or our chronic patterns or our health issues or our mental health, etc. And that's because our nervous systems interpret a lot of our experiences in this world as traumatic, even if we don't consciously view them that way. So if I get stung by a bee and you get stung by a bee... I may interpret that as a trauma with my nervous system and you may not. And sometimes we don't even realize that the trauma has been encoded until all of a sudden we start having these reactions or these presentations of either our emotions or our thoughts or random behavioral patterns that don't make us feel good. And then we realize, oh my gosh, maybe there's something here that I need to explore. There can even be trauma that has been compounded over generations of people that are doing the same thing over and over again. You know, like we have so many patterns in society and rules and structures that we follow that were created by humans. They were created by humans and sometimes those were created out of a space of fear and not wanting things to happen to us, right? And so it can become actually normal for us to be experiencing certain things in our lives and we lives and we don't think that they're traumatic because they didn't necessarily happen to us. But there are codes that have been passed down from previous generations of humans that have indicated that we need to be scared of certain things. So it's it's not normal, even though sometimes it can feel normal to go through your day-to-day and experience certain patterns that you think, oh, everybody else has those too, so it's no big deal. That doesn't mean it's not a collective trauma, right? And it's also, that's not stable, and it's not something that's sustainable and is gonna, that's going to take us to our highest good when it's rooted in trauma. So one example of this is one of the things that a lot of parents would say when I was younger are, there's starving people in Africa, so eat all your food, right? What's that about? That's really about our parents or caregivers' trauma or lack of safety with money, which they learned from their parents, which they learned from their parents, which they may have learned from the culture, Right? And so there's a lot of statements and um, mantras that we are used to saying that often give us cues as to 
how we've encoded trauma that just seem silly and funny and no big deal. Yeah, it's just how it's always been. But is it really accurate? And this is our opportunity to really think outside of the box and think about those sneaky ways that trauma can present or that we may be carrying it within us. And I'm going to list a bunch of different things here to allow you to identify if trauma is something that you could potentially be carrying within you. And this is not because I want you to then all of a sudden identify with being a trauma survivor and make it this big dramatic thing that you need to put all of your attention towards and, you know, go into victim mentality and say, okay, you know, now I've been a victim of trauma and therefore I deserve X, Y, and Z, or I need to go get help or et cetera, right? The reason is because we want to have awareness so that we can either heal it, send some love to it, or just gain a greater greater understanding of it in the context of who we are so that we know ourselves better and that we can be preventive moving forward and really loving and compassionate to ourselves. So some of the ways that trauma can present, I'm going to list a bunch here, and then I would love for you to email me or shoot me a message on Facebook Messenger at Emerge Healing and Wellness, and let me know if you have anything to add to this list. That is kind of a sneaky way that trauma has shown up in your life. So one of the ways that trauma can present is thinking that you owe someone something, okay? And we don't owe anybody anything. Owing somebody means that we have an obligation to repay. But you know what? We don't need to repay anyone. When you give, you give out of the kindness of your heart because you're loving and you desire to. When you receive, you receive because you desire to, because you're allowing yourself to welcome in the energy that is meant for you. And it's being sent to you from the universe through another person or through a gesture. Okay. So we don't owe anyone anything. And if you get stuck in this concept of, I feel guilty if I don't, you know, owe somebody this, or I don't do this obligation, ultimately you need to realize that you have a choice. And you can decide, like I was talking to a family member about this the other day and they were saying, well, one of my friends is really sick and she's recovering from surgery and she needs somebody to help her with food and such. And so, um, this person offered to bring her food and then realize, okay, I made the choice to bring her food, but then it's now an obligation because I made that choice and now it's an obligation to do it. And I said, no, it's not. You made a decision. And of course, what this shows us is slow down and really assess your energy and that you're giving from your overflow instead of your cup when you're giving to someone else and when you make that commitment. Make sure that commitment is really honoring both of your energies and both of your highest goods, okay? But then once it's in place, if your energy shifts or you have something come up or it's not feeling aligned anymore, that doesn't mean that the other person is screwed, And it doesn't mean that you're an asshole. What it means is that it's calling you to get creative about how can I continue to meet both of our needs, meet both of our highest good, but also really honor that I'm not up for this right now, right? At which point you can say, all right, I'm going to call and actually I'm going to buy you dinner. I'm going to get you food delivered. There's ultimately, there's always infinite possibilities in every situation. And so it gives us the opportunity to explore that. The other ways that trauma can present, people-pleasing and over-justification. When we get into over-explaining everything that we're doing, we're trying to prove ourselves to other people, but really we're trying to prove ourselves to ourselves because we're not feeling confident. We're feeling small and we feel like we need to prove that we're a decent person. That always has roots in trauma. 
always. And it's typically relational trauma. Another one is refusing to invest in yourself energetically, financially, or with time because you can do it yourself. This is that fierce independence trauma response. Well, I had to kind of go it alone and I didn't really have a choice. And so therefore now I'm on my own. And so you are hardwired to not receive help or to not open up space for yourself or open up time or an investment in yourself because I got this. I can figure it out. Another one is chronic guilt. This comes from not feeling good enough or not feeling worthy. Certainly quite the extension of a traumatic experience because we don't feel safe. We feel like our world has been rocked. We feel like our foundation has been rocked and we're trying to scramble to get back to status quo. Other ways that trauma can present, not being able to see the other side of a situation or an equation, right? You're not thinking outside the box. You're staying in what is safe because you don't know how else to secure safety. So you keep yourself in this rigid thinking or perspective. Being indecisive really indicates a lack of self-trust because you were previously in a situation that was traumatic where you may have thought you were safe, you may have thought you were okay, and then again, your world was rocked. And now you have this definition of safety that is very unclear to you. You don't trust it. You don't trust yourself because you feel like, well, now I made a decision to be in this situation. Look what happened. Can I trust myself going forward? You absolutely can. You know, we don't want to get stuck in the past. We don't want to sit in the past of, well, this is what's unfolded before and therefore it could happen again. We want to be able to heal and clear and release our past and allow ourselves to realize that our future can hold a different story. We can create a different story moving forward. And a lot of times this is what narrative therapy can do for us to be able to kind of rewrite that narrative in a way that's more empowering and expansive. Another one is reactivity and intense anger. That shows us that our nervous systems are pretty fried. Our nerve endings are overstimulated and have been chronically over time. So we have less patience. We have less bandwidth to be able to hold energy and emotion that's coming into our field. Perfectionism is another one that aligns with lack of trust. And this is, again, that proving energy of, I need to get it perfect so that nothing bad happens. I need to be perfect with this so that I receive the accolades or the connection or the honoring or the respect or the appreciation of other people in my field so that they take care of me, so that they don't act against me. In addition to, if everything's perfect, then I didn't miss anything. Now I'm safe. Avoidance is another one. And this can be avoidance of sexual interaction. It can be avoidance of really anything and avoidance of deeper work. And and denial is a big one here. Being in denial about what it is you need to work through or what your current reality is. Okay, we tend to avoid those triggers or those things that we think are going to make us feel worse because we don't think we can tolerate feeling worse. Yet we actually can. We have infinite capacity to be able to expand our ability to hold energy. So it's getting curious about that. It's understanding how our nervous system uniquely works with stimulation and being able to find a pathway that works really, really well with who we are and how we operate instead of just constantly avoiding. Because then you're just 
spending your whole life running with blinders on, not really seeing what it is you need to see to be able to move forward to your next level. Defensiveness is another one. This is that idea of got to protect the ego. Got to make sure my ego doesn't get slammed because it did in trauma. I was blindsided by what happened, which completely upended my definition of safety, my definition of trust of other people, of the environment, of self-trust, trusting God, trusting the universe, right? And so then we get super defensive when that's challenged because we feel like, nope, you can't knock that down because if you knock it down, then I'm too vulnerable again, right? The other thing is viewing things as glass half empty instead of glass half full, right? Like always expecting, thinking in the negative, right? Like, and, and this goes together with the next point, which is chronic negativity and irritability. They kind of go together. It's like you have this expectation that the other shoe is going to drop, that something's going to happen. And so you think that if you are chronically negative or viewing things as glass half empty, then you're never going to be disappointed. Meanwhile, what you're doing is you're calling more negative energy into your world. And then you're saying, see, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. See, this is what happens. The world can't be trusted, but it's really just about shifting your mindset and shifting your vibration around it. Okay. And the irritability, honestly, is, is very much a product of the fact that your nervous system is just way too overstimulated. Again, you don't have that bandwidth that you've expanded and, and we need to work with that. There's one here that I think is really interesting that, um, can or cannot be a trauma response, but I have to say that the vast majority of the time I've seen, it is a trauma response. And 20 years being a therapist, I can accurately say that everybody that has been in my world as a client that has been, this issue is atheism, that has been atheistic, has always been a trauma response in everybody that I've worked with. So that doesn't mean that if you're an atheist that it's a trauma response. I'm not saying this is 100% of the time, but I do believe that this can easily be a trauma bond with God where you feel like, I don't trust God anymore. I don't trust the universe anymore. It can't be out there because look what happened to me. Okay, so that's something to dive into deeper. And you can also check out my other podcast episode on how to know if you have a trauma bond with God. And that can be something that supports you additionally in this area too. Trauma can also present as possessiveness and jealousy. We're afraid of to be abandoned. We don't want people to leave us and we are anticipating that they will. Because of either our traumatic experiences or because we don't feel deserving enough because of our traumatic experiences. Another one is savior mentality. We want to save and fix so many other people and we're invested in that because ultimately that comes from us feeling like we need to be saved. We want to save everybody else. Okay. Another one is overworking. We dive ourselves into work thinking that that makes us feel productive and proud and successful and worthy. But we tie too much of our identity into it. And that becomes really an addiction to overworking. And of course, any times, any kinds of addictions can be a reflection of a trauma response, excuse me, because we're in avoidance. So that can be an addiction to spending, an addiction to food an addiction to sex, an addiction to scrolling, to substances, okay? And so this can come forward because we really feel like we are 
we want to feel deserving and we know that there's a level of us that is deserving. And so we fill ourselves with these things to give to ourselves. But unfortunately, it's just not deep enough. We're doing it on the surface. And so it's giving us satisfaction temporarily, but it's not giving us that long-term relief that we're looking for because it's just kind of putting a Band-Aid on it, right? Another way that trauma can present is staying in your head and constantly having these obsessive recurrent thoughts because you don't feel comfortable and safe just being in your body. You actually can have a resentment towards your body, which can also result in eating disorders or body image distortions because we don't feel like our body is a safe place to be. And so we hang it on our heads. And some people can even do this with spiritual bypassing, which can be another sign of trauma as well, which is like, oh, I'm just going to hang out on other dimensions because then I can get to avoid my human and ignore my human. And we can actually go the other way too and, and dive into overhealing where we are like healing all the time. You know, there's avoidance, but then on the other end of the spectrum, there's also overhealing. Well, I'm going to constantly heal like all day, every day. I've gotten into these phases before and I have to kind of stop myself and keep that awareness of like overhealing gives my subconscious mind the impression that I am somehow inherently flawed and that I need to constantly heal in order to be worthy. Okay. You can also have a lot of trouble being alone. There's a difference between being lonely and being in solitude. We need to be connected with other people in our nervous systems to be able to be in solitude with peace and contentment and joy. If we haven't had those co-regulatory experiences with other people in this world or it's been disrupted through trauma... We can then feel that when we're alone, we are lonely. We are missing something. We lack belonging. And we're so eager for it, and it's a basic human need, but then we're afraid of belonging because we don't trust other people and don't trust the environment. Okay? And there's just a, this can actually result in trying to control situations and other people. You don't necessarily realize that you're doing it it's not that you're doing this consciously but we we place these rigid rules and even judgments on others that they're supposed to act or respond in a certain way based on our reality but everybody's reality is different right we all manipulate our environments to get our needs met manipulation does not have to be a negative word okay we all manipulate our environments to get our needs met i manipulate the temperature of the water that comes out of my shower head so that I can be more comfortable. So that's not me trying to be manipulative, but it's me manipulating my environment to get my needs met. So we all do this on a day-to-day basis, but it's realizing the difference between that. It's really looking at the intention behind it, right? Because that's me trying to be comfortable. It doesn't impact anybody else. But when we're trying to place our expectations and um, our really rigid rules around keeping ourselves safe onto other people through judgment or otherwise, and that's a consistent pattern, you know that you're, you're just desperately trying to control your environment because you don't feel like it's stable enough, okay? And there's only a couple other points here that I'm going to share. One is a very classic symptom of PTSD, which is flashbacks, 
right? Feeling like the same thing's happening over and over and over again, even though you're no longer in that situation, okay? And this can be something really subtle. It doesn't have to be really dramatic flashbacks. It could be that you're feeling sad around the time of somebody's passing or their birthday or a specific event date, okay? These things can show up for us. And, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to sit in it and, and analyze it and move through deep trauma work every single time it arises, okay? That's going to exhaust you. That's overhealing. It's only if, if you can attend to that and kind of give it its love and then move on, then awesome. If you need to spend more time with it, fine, but set yourself a time limit so that you're not sitting in it for too long and bathing in it. Okay, because that's what can lead to victim mentality. Why me? Why did this happen? I've been dealt a rough hand. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that one. Okay, the fact is our souls chose this experience in this lifetime. And there's many, many, many more of us in this world that have experienced trauma than have not. Because again, it's not just trauma that's been experienced through us. It's also from our ancestry. It's from generations before us. It's from the collective, okay? So we've all had some kind of touch point with trauma. And that doesn't mean we have to make it our, our label or, you know, our, our soapbox to get onto, okay? But it's just bringing forward the awareness so that we can become more trauma-informed so that we can assist ourselves and other people with being preventive and being more conscious of how we interact in the world. This is the kind of thing that helps raise the vibration of the planet and supports us all in working collaboratively to move forward. And lastly, another one is the ignorance or inability to grow in your viewpoints, to kind of see things from different perspectives, to think outside of the box. And that's, again, that rigid thinking that we were talking about earlier, right? You can get really stuck in your mindset and the way that you see the world. And that's because going outside of that makes you feel unsafe. So there's a lot here in this episode, and I encourage you to come back and take notes if you desire to. If any of these rang true for you, please feel free to send me a message, um, ask for support, or just gain some perspective on it. Allow yourself to go into meditation. Allow yourself to go into your Akashic records or any kind of intuitive practice you enjoy and gain a greater, higher level perspective of the purpose of this symptom and why it's coming forward. Because each of these things that I selected here today that I brought forward for you are things that give us information. They all carry lessons. And there's a reason that you're expressing it in that way versus another. So I want you to get curious instead of sinking into woe is me, okay? Get curious about it. And how else can you work with this energy? How else can you work with this newfound awareness and knowledge to be able to further your growth and expansion. So thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate you taking part in raising the vibration of the planet and listening in to raise your awareness of not only yourself, but those around you, your loved ones and people in the collective. By coming together and doing this, we all are educating ourselves at a level that allow us to serve one another and serve the universe at large. So thank you so much, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Akashic Musings podcast. I'm so grateful you're taking the time to integrate healing at the deepest level. If you loved this episode, connect with me on Instagram at Emerge Healing and Wellness 
or contact me through my website at www.theakashictherapist.com. I'll see you next week on the next episode of the Akashic Musings podcast. Bye for now and have a wonderful week.